What is the most common objection that you help your clients get through? Most people out there are selling plasters, not selling operations. Love it. And if you're not getting objections, you're probably selling plasters. You're selling cheap, quick fixes. And that means a lot of people aren't stopping long enough to even give you objections because they don't care enough. They just like, if I need plasters, I'll get plasters. Mm -hmm. If people are going to have surgery, they're going to have questions. And here's the great thing about objections. What is up, guys? Welcome back. Another episode of the Determined Society podcast. I am your host, Sean French. And today, guys, I have with me one of my really good friends that I met along my journey. Uh, he he lives in the UK. And before you say anything, uh, I have so many good friends that I've never fucking met before. And he is one of them. I truly respect this gentleman. He is a leading force in the sales and business space. He works with coaches, consultants, and experts in their field as well as sales professionals. He helps the new become great and the great become world-class in their chosen field by increasing results by over 800% in high-ticket organizations. He does this through simple and effective modern methods that most people don't know how to do effectively. He works towards building confidence by creating an environment in which they can grow and succeed, providing them with the skills and tools they need teaching them how to do top 1% skills like objection handling, inbound sales, and outbound sales to improve their chances of closing deals. Now listen to this. David is a well-known on social media and a TEDx speaker. The host of a leading sales academy, the Ultimate Sales Academy training, and the host of the Sales Masters podcast, which has hit top 10 positions in seven countries. He ensures that you will find what you're looking for with little or, or little to no hassle, providing you with an immediate way to improve your processes, systems, trainings, and most importantly, the results you get in your business. He's also set up a pretty amazing thing for people that are listening to the show today, a little backdoor option for them so that where they can get full access to over 780 videos on his platform for a nominal $8.50 American dollars or as the, the Brits like to call, seven pounds. Get more results straight away that are relevant to your current situation. Just visit www.thesalesangel.com and add the code seven pounds. David, the sales angel, welcome to the show, brother. What an intro. Thank you, my man. Um, it's great to be here. Really appreciate it. Oh, man, I'm super happy to have you on here. As far as the intro goes, man, that's your story. You wrote it, bro. That's, that's <laughs> who you are. And um, I'm blessed to be uh, interviewing today. Uh, you and I had a great time on your show, and it's really cool when you can uh, meet people that, you know, you haven't seen physically, right? But it's like, I feel like I've known you forever, yeah. and to be able to have you on my show uh, means the fucking world to me, man. I, I means the world, it means the world to me as well. I think we meet a lot of people, and we don't dislike them, and then we get people we get on all right with, and then we get people we just gel with, and I think you're, you're definitely one of those people I just gel with. And our paths will cross for, for, for the rest of our lives, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, man. I see us doing some big things together in the future, you know, collaboration-wise. And, you know, we come a lot, we come from the same line of a profession. You know, we're yeah. both in, you know, we're both sales professionals. We both coach people to get more sales and, 
you know, an objection handling and, and really what it's all about. And you can always tell a good sales professional is can you build an actual relationship with somebody that you've never met? Or do you just want something from them? So let me ask you a question, man. Um, how do you, I would say, coach your, your, your clients to, to that end actually right there? Because building the relationships and, and, and bringing across to people that you care and, and you should care, right? But I think is more powerful than wanting something from them. So how do you do that with your clients, man? I look at everyone I meet as a potential client. It's just that simple. And the reason I say this is too many people, they go into sales mode when they can smell a deal. I'm here planting seeds. I'm a farmer. Mm. I plant seeds all day, every day, and I plant different crops. So some of those crops, they might be ready to, 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 to pull in after a day. Some might not grow, but they might grow into the, the equivalent of an oak tree. And I develop those relationships and I ask the questions that are going to show the people I care. And to be frank, a lot of people think prospecting is about finding the right people. It's not. Everyone's your client until they're not. So then part of the prospecting process is finding the people you don't necessarily want to work with. And when you've got that as a mindset, you're going to go down the rabbit hole. If I'm looking at you for a deal right now, my focus is on where's my money. Mm. Let's be frank. Mm -hmm. If I'm focusing on making a change to your life and you being a client of mine for life, I don't care when you start. If you worry about your deals, that's because you've got a pipeline problem, not mm. a sales problem. And most people have got a pipeline problem. Man, I tell you what, dude, I don't know if you saw it, but the other day I published something on Instagram talking yes. about that exact fucking thing. Like if you are so worried about that one deal, that one high ticket deal, then you aren't doing nearly enough prospecting. You aren't yeah. doing the work. You want the income. You want all the things that come with being a top level entrepreneur or coach that can sell programs, but like to what end, right? If you're not out there actively prospecting constantly and the thing that people get really messed up on is the definition of prospecting. It's not always a sales pitch. It's not always, no. Hey, I'd love to have you as a client. I think it's just really cool shit with you. Right? I can help you grow. No, it's getting to know somebody. It's, 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 truly connecting on a day-to-day -day basis. So let me ask you this, man, because you have one hell of a sales academy. And you know what? Um, I've been a high-level sales individual over here in, in the States for a very long time, but I look up to you Thank because you. you're such a relationship person. Uh, and with that being said, every single day, you know, as a salesperson or a coach, we all have this, this metric in mind, this KPI of, you know, how many people do I talk to a day? Can you walk me through that and, and how you decide how many people you're going to engage with per day. Okay, so the reason that we have the metric of this is how many people I engage from is because when we were setting our goals when we started in sales and a lot of business-to-business -business sales, let's be frank, a lot of salespeople are lazy. Mm. It's like herding cats, mm -hmm. right? So they have to go, okay, well, how many deals do we want? What's my target? And we break that down to amount of people. But with the joy, that's because if you're in a sales conversation and you sell over the phone, you know how many phone calls you need to have. With what I do and what you do is very different. We're doing some of our planting of seeds is being done on podcasts. I speak on Clubhouse every day and mm -hmm. I do Instagram and I've got Facebook and I've got TikTok. So my engagement is to thousands and thousands and by tens of thousands a day. Mm -hmm. And now those people I'm talking to about one message. Now from there, a certain amount of those people are gonna come through to having conversations. 
I'm not trying to sell to as a one-on-one -one -one high ticketed uh, sales coach and strategist. I'm not trying to sell five deals a day. And some people are like, well, if you can do that, do it. But I'm not. When I created what I do now, the idea behind that was I want to have 16 to 20 one-on-one -on -one clients. Then we grow the platform out. Then we do this and then we do that. So I'm building right now. I'm building. So my engagement is far higher because I'm telling people the message. I'm talking to people en masse to come through. But if you're at the stage where you're working as a sales professional, if you're working in a business with a product and you are fortunate enough, and a lot of people don't realize, you're not running a business. All you've got to do is get on the phone and have conversations. Look at what you're selling. Look at how many conversations you can have and look at what's the best use of your time. Because it isn't a one-size-fits-all game. Some people can pick up a phone call and they'll get one call closes. Mm. Some people need to do four calls. And it doesn't matter which one it is. If you're still effective, you're still effective. Yeah. And I think a lot of people spend too much time looking at getting the very best conversion rate instead of actually what's the lifetime value of that client. And I think a lot of the time, it might take you a bit longer to get that deal, but that deal could be worth four, five, six times more than the people that rush through on that new business deal to get people in the door. No, I agree with you, man. I think it's super important and impactful to understand too. You know, um, there's always a time frame where these things are, in, in, in my opinion, is just meant to be, right? I meet me, I may meet someone today that they may not be my client for three years, yep. but in three years, they're really ready to do, they're, they're ready to invest. They're ready to do this. And my job is to show them that I truly care you know, yeah, yeah. in those three years, because here's what happens in this business. And I've seen it all over social media. I've seen it in this business and, you know, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to say straight up and it may be contrarian to what everybody thinks, but you know, it doesn't matter. This is my, this is my experience. People talk a lot about getting into the business that you and I are in because they want to help people. Right. They're but yet, money. <laughs> but but they, they're here for the fucking money. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I, I tell you what, I don't know. Have you ever, because, you know, I've done this. I did this recently. And I'm willing to say this on my podcast because um, I believe in this person. I had an individual buy my book very recently. And she uh, started messaging me on, on Instagram. Thank you so much for this book. Like, you know, I'm really excited to get it. Um, what a cool thing for you to offer it for you know, so such a small price. I was like, Hey, I just, you know, if I can bless people with my message, does it help me? Maybe it could help somebody else. And if it, if it blesses your life, then I've done my job. And we started having this conversation and she sends me a voice memo and she's in tears. I've never had anybody like you that didn't follow up with, Hey, I would love to hop on a call with you and, and, you know, maybe see if, uh, if we can find some alignment and, yeah. and work with each other, you know, and I said to her, I was like, Oh, I, I go, that means a lot to me. I said, cause that's not what I'm here for. I'm yeah. here to provide you value. I'm here to show people my heart and my heart is I care. And you know what happened, man? And you know, this may be against sales one-on-one and I don't care. <laughs> um, uh, cause you know, I think there's also the human element, right? Is I, I finally reached out to her again and said, listen, I know you're having um, a lot of financial problems right now because um, you've mentioned it to me and I know you want help and I know that you will do the work. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to scholarship you for three months. Nice. And then I'm not going to ask you for a penny afterwards. I'm going to coach you for three months. Dude, 
the tears, the gratitude, the love. And, you know, of course, you know, I can't do that for everybody. So everybody listening, no, it's probably not going to happen, right? This was a specific incident. incident and also you chose felt, that. Yeah. Right? Cho- you yeah, chose cho- that. Yeah. This isn't an offer to people. No. You no. have a skill set. You have a treasure box. Yeah. And if you want to give that treasure box out to someone for free, yeah. good for you. Yeah. But then that's, that's not the rule, right? Mm-mm. And that's the whole thing behind it. You mm-hmm. can't just give it away for the rule. And why would you? No. But it's so funny because I felt compelled. Good. I felt led by a higher power to do this. You know, has there ever been a situation to where you were able to pay it forward for somebody and kind of put your own gain aside to help somebody else? Do you know, here's a funny one. So this, anyone who's watching this back now, <laughs> when, we, when we were launching the Ultimate Sales Training Academy, I went, the, the idea behind it was my one-on-one coaching is a limitation to how much. Because the people who work with me, literally, I'm immersed in their business. Yes. They have me on WhatsApp directly every day Absolutely. for 16 weeks, right? You can voice note me all day. We have our calls. You do this. You get, you get the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. We can't do that en masse. So when we set up a platform, the idea was, Let's give as much as we can to as many people as we can. So I set it up as a completely free trial for 30 days. Wow. Now, I said free trial because I knew that so many people would be put off. That was unrivaled access to the whole platform. Now, some people have spent £2,000 in a year on that platform. And I did that. And all they had to do, and this was what I knew would stop most people, is they just had to add their card details. We weren't taking any money, and it was clear on it. We're not mm-hmm. taking a th- single penny. So you could put a card detail in with no money on the account. You still would have got access. And we put that out, and we sent that to thousands of people that have always been like, oh, if it was any more affordable, I'd do it, type of thing. Oh, yeah, I really want success, and I want to do this. Sure. And the amount of people that actually registered was so small, mm. and I knew it was going to happen. And when we talk to people and we say, People that pay, pay attention. People are, oh, yeah, it's all right to save that when you've got money. No. That's because as soon as the opportunity is in front of you, you don't value it. So we put out the whole platform for free. 700, 780 different videos around everything from sales, business, and marketing. Like, literally, interactive video format. You can get your first, Like It couldn't... It's ridiculous. I think it's 38 hours worth of content. So it doesn't, and I don't, didn't expect people to go and watch it all, mm-hmm. but it meant whatever your problem was, you could go get the answers. And that was the idea. It's like the encyclopedia for sales. Where I am, that's what I do. Go to that section, find the answers. And then people didn't do it. So as soon as we cut it off, I had people messaging me. And they're going, oh man, I can't believe I didn't sign up in time. Can I have it? I was like, no, you had three mm-hmm. months. Yeah. So we gifted it out. And there was one person at the end of it um, and this guy's in real estate. And I'd spoke to him, I've known him for on and off. We spoke probably for 10 months. And I said to him, I will help you for free. Cause he was really like, I'm at this stage. I'm only making six grand a month now. I'm used to making 12. Mm-hmm. We've got these overheads and blah, blah, blah. But I really want it. I just need that chance. I went, fine, I'll help you. Right. Mm-hmm. Did our first call, messaged me after. And he's like, this is literally changing the game for me. Like my mind's aligned. He said, I feel a fire inside me. Like he's, he's, he's like in his late 40s. He's like, I feel like I'm 20 again. He said, I'm ready to go. Blah, blah, blah. Next call was due in six days later. Didn't turn up. Wow. 
messaged me two days after that. Oh, sorry, I got caught up. I went, no, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. He's like, oh, what do you mean? I went, this was for free. Yeah. I mean, people have paid 10 grand. Yeah. And you didn't turn up. And not only did you not turn up, you didn't let me. So I sat there. Now, granted, I did other work in that time, but I sat there at my desk. And you know what it's like. You're yeah. there half an hour before. You're doing the prep. You're getting set yeah. up. You're doing all that stuff. For him to not into, it didn't even message me that day. It messaged me two days later. Oh, it was two days later. Two days later. Oh, sorry, buddy. I got caught up. No, I was like, not nah. good, man. Not good. And I appreciate him doing it. Yeah. Because now when people go, oh, well, I'll do this and I'll do that. No, you've got to have skin in the game. Yeah. Because what we think and what we'll do are very different things. And that's the big thing. What we believe we'll do and what we will actually go and do are completely different. Same as everyone going, oh, if I won the lottery, I'd uh, give this money to charity and I'd do this and I'd do that. And then they get the money and they like, don't. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, their it, perspective it, changes, their priorities change, their right. intention change, their viewpoint changes. And that's why in sales... It's so important to know the rules of the game because mm -hmm. people that are not experts at the game don't know the rules. And you as a sales professional have to navigate those rules sure. in a way that you know is right so people get the results because what they think they need to do and what they need to do are very different. And you know what's interesting, interesting about that? I have, I have a, a two-part question, but the first, the, the yeah, first question I want to ask is, you know, or say, or the statement actually is, man, you can't control that. The only thing you can do is control you know, your heart and your gift to somebody and what they do with it, that's on them, right? But the other thing, you know, you also have, you also have your response, right? And I think that's a great response in that, in that sense, like two days later, you know, like, you didn't let me know, like, hey man, like, sorry, dude, like we're done here. I see it like you cheat on me. Yes. That's how I, I look at that. I gave you my trust. Yeah. I did a favor. Yeah. I gave an opportunity. And, and anyone watching this, I'm not saying I'm the best guy on the planet. But no, other people I, I out there, you. you could have. But I chose to donate 16 mm -hmm. weeks of my time. Yeah. But we could give that to someone else. And to not, one, not to, one, to do the first session and be so rewarded mm. and then not turn up and not to let me know. I just see it like you cheated on our relationship. And I can Absolutely. never trust him now. Absolutely. No, you can't, you know, and I and thank him for that. <laughs> sure. Sure. And you know what though? I, I, hopefully that person learned a lesson too. You know, don't take advantage of people. Yeah. Like that's disrespectful, man. I'm sorry. That's I mean, disrespectful. But I would rather you do that because he doesn't feel he's disrespectful. He doesn't. I'm sure he feels like he's a good guy and he is a good guy. Sure. But you can be a good guy and do disrespectful things. I don't think the world is filled with evil people, but no. people who just do dumb mistakes. But apart from like a few psychopaths, right? The majority yeah. of people have just done things that they were desperate for or whatever it was or whatever, their problems got ahead of them. And it's our jobs as sales professionals to find the people that can buy our products and services that are prepared to have the mindset shift and action, sh action mm. shift to go to that next level. And that's where we come in. But the people that are outside of that and people like him, I salute it because I'd rather you do that early in our relationship than you do mm -hmm. it in five years' time because otherwise I've wasted even more yeah, time that I've facts, invested. Facts, man. Facts. You, you talk about um, – you just said investment, right? I, I want to I go back to the moment because there's a very, very important question, right? I, and I feel like if you have the answer, I want it. Okay. Um, and it's the psychology of, of, of people um, it, as it pertains to investing in programs even when you give it away for free like you did, why do you think people don't act? 
because they are not, they haven't made. So here's the problem. When you give it away for free, you don't present it in a cap. If I sell a 10K program, I know you're going to need the very best from me. Mm -hmm. Right? I know mm -hmm. it's a big investment. So I turn up to the very best degree. Sure. I talk to the best degree. I go down the rabbit hole to the best degree. I ask the very best questions. I listen more intensely because mm -hmm. it's got a value add for me and you listen more intently. So you listen to every word, every time. You're looking for flaws. So then when you're going to make a decision, say you're going to invest in a 10K program, when you're sat there and you're thinking, okay, I could put it on my credit card or I could move it from this investment or I could pay it from here, whatever it's going to be, it's in the, the basic account. And you're like, do I trust this person? Do I want to get, you ask more serious questions mm. and you go down the rabbit hole more. Yeah. When it's free, there's nothing, there's no risk. And that's the whole point. We need to put some risk on the line. There needs to be risk for us to pay attention. We I have agree to, with that. right? But if it was never, if no one had ever stolen anything in the life, if say a car had never been stolen, I don't think people would value cars as much. Fact. Because people look at them. Oh my God, that's going to get stolen. Oh my God. People have an emotional reaction. Yeah. There's like an energy that focuses. Oh my God, I bet that costs so much money. They go, oh, that costs so much. That's more than my house. And it's this, it's that. If it had no value, if, imagine if when you were bored, everyone got given a Lamborghini. Would they be as valuable? Shit, no. no. No, it's it's it's, it's, be a taxi. it's merely supply and demand. They'd be boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They'd be the same because they were free and they were given to it. Yeah, for sure, man. No, I agree with you 100%, man. I, I think you always have to have skin in the game. Uh, for me, you know, I mean, you know my mentor, right? You yeah. know who my right, guy right. is. Um, Man, you want to talk about an investment. Everything that cat says to me, Bro, it, it doesn't matter if he says, hey, make your bed this way. I'm doing it. Like there's, there's, he, he gives me something like, hey, we're building this out. We need to build this system and here's your job. This, I need this in seven days. It's done in six hours. Yes. Because and how much I more know, do you achieve as well? Yeah, because I know that I invested in the right dude, the person yeah. that could take me and bring me to the masses, to the world. And my life can be enriched by helping people, and then I can have a better situation for my children. Yeah, but on th on the flip side, with that, because you've invested so much into it, you want to squeeze so much more value out of it. Hell I yeah, spent man. ten grand, twenty grand, thirty grand. I want to see a hundred grand, two hundred grand, and that is all outside of our comfort zone. That's mm -hmm. that's outside the fence. That's mm -hmm. outside the city walls. Oh, so yeah, I've got man. to go out there and fight the wolves and the bears and the tigers and the lions to get the value, yeah, right? The fact is, no, most people won't step outside the gate. Let me ask you, imagine this for a moment. Imagine that we're in a walled city and I'm like, go and, go and pick me some grapes. And you're like, I'm going outside the wall. There's wolves and tigers and lions. Mm -hmm. Now imagine your kid's outside the gate. You jump off the top of the thing. You go through that fucking thing. Without a problem. Without mm -hmm. any cause, why? Because the risk of non-action was far greater than the risk of, right? dude and that's Bro. the whole thing yeah yeah your fear man. of not taking action is so ingrained that you would just jump yeah if my kid was falling off of a balcony i wouldn't be oh my god am i gonna fall you would just you you just automatically right. you have things hardwired in your head 
right? Mm -hmm. If someone threw a punch at you, you just automatically try to move out of the way. I'm not saying you would move, but you would try yeah. to move. Yeah, yeah. Someone yeah. who's never been hit is unlikely to react. You know, it's, they've it's... never felt the pain. Yeah, man. Because I mean, they've never had that. You brought up a great point, man, the cost of inaction. Like, and this is the thing, like, and I never, you know, you always got to find a delicate way to say this to somebody. Um, but like, what's it going to cost you if you don't do this? Right. I think for me, the biggest, the biggest thing for me, when it, when it kind of that, that light switch flipped on for me, yeah. right. When I was, you know, starting this journey was like, okay, the moment I find the guy or the girl, right. The woman that's going to mentor me and, and bring and, and, and literally explode my brand. Um, like the moment I find that person, it's on, I'm all yeah. in. Like I I'm all in because my biggest fear is, you know, the, the day that, you know, I close my eyes for good and I'm, I'm, I am not on, in this world anymore as a living walking creature, <laughs> a human being. And I go up to the heaven's gates. Cause that's what I believe I'm going to go to. And God introduces me to the man, this man. I'm like, dude, who is that? I said, well, that's my vision of you. And then I don't know that guy. Like that's my biggest fear. So for me, anytime I'm feeling some type of fear or uncomfortable situation, I act in spite of that because like, I want to recognize that dude that, that God introduces me to. Why do you think so many people let fear control them of moving forward in their life? Cause they're too scared about the judgment of other people. They made a mistake when they're eight, when Johnny got on stage doing Goldilocks and the Three Bears and everyone laughed at him because mm. his costume was on wrong. And it sat in his mind so much that was the first time he realized he was flawed because till that point, he'd run around and no one had ever said anything bad. And some points out there, people live their lives and that one defining moment is their defining moment because they were never built or designed, grown, matured, nurtured, but failure's all right. And then they go home and they hear people talk about failure like it's this big curse, mm -hmm. right? They go home and the dad's kicking the TV or kicking the dog because his job's crap and he's been moaned up for that. And the mum and dad are arguing about this and we're arguing mm. about that. And the perspectives that they've got have been passed down generation to generation and they're just outdated. And that's why, because then they're like, oh, okay, now I've acknowledged this pattern. Oh yeah, everyone's got that. And that's why our surroundings are so important, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine if your house catches fire now and a fireman's in your house, right? Or was an arsonist. And you don't know which one's which. And we wiped your mind. You've got to listen to one. And a guy could go, I'll put it, throw this on it. That'll put it out. And it's petrol. Mm. That's what a lot of people are doing with their lives. They've got arsonists in their lives where they mm -hmm. need fire, put fire, the fire fireman. Right? Yeah. You've got people in our lives that are radiators and you've got people in our lives that are drains. And the problem is that they've all got, they all, they all dress the same. And we don't know who, we don't know what the difference is. My dad is such a miserable guy and he's had a tough run and I feel for him. Like, we don't talk, but I grew up with that man being my hero, like to the core hero. And it took a long time for me to go to the stage of realizing that who, what I idolized wasn't his actions. It was the fact he was this big, strong man right? That was the guy that played the football with me when I was tired and all that stuff, which is great. And he was great at that point. 
But as a man, as a dad, great. As a man to aspire to become, he was not. And there's a big difference between them, the two, and no one teaches you that. So then the things that we like about a person and the things we aspire to be as a person are different. And if that person is not good around risk, about pain, about what to do in failure and what to do in a fire situation, whether they're going to be a fireman or an arsonist, there's a lot of arsonists in our families, in our surroundings, mm-hmm. that are throwing petrol in our flames. And we don't know that they're arsonists. And that's the problem we've got. So then we spend lifetimes ingrained with the fear because we got to put out a fire with water and they're like, no, 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 use the petrol. I told you before. <laughs> Bro, I'm not, I'm not laughing at you right now. I'm like smiling and like, people that are watching this on YouTube or on the Spotify uh, video, uh, guys, I'm not laughing at them. I didn't um, think you were anyway. I just, I just realized why David and I connect so well. We have the same story, bro. I don't speak to my father. Yeah. It's petrol to the max. Toxic. Um, you know, the, the man literally told me I wouldn't be shit if I couldn't be a major league baseball player because I didn't have any other skills. Told me I had big ears. I was fat. All these limiting beliefs, bro. That's what my book's about is kicking those limiting beliefs and becoming unstoppable in my career. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, man, um, it took me years. It, I mean, the guy had so many mulligans to make it right. And then I would say, you know, I gave him another chance and I saw him um, a couple years ago. Sorry about that. My dog's bark. Hey, That's it's right. life, right? Um, sorry, guys. I have dogs. So, you know, then like a year, like a year, maybe a year ago, I think it was like 4th of July would have been the year anniversary where I decided like, you know what? I'm going to put this, this guy in front of my kids and I'm going to give him another shot. And the only thing he can do was pick, a, pick me apart and just talk about how I wasn't perfect I still had fat here, fat there. Well, you still got big ears. You can't get rid, can't run those off. And I was ignoring him. And he, he said, kid, can you hear me? And I looked at him I'm like, yeah, but you're just fucking noise now, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what I did? I grabbed my family and I walked out of the house and I was do you know the Do you know the big thing with this? Here's the thing I realized. I am a better father because of the way my dad was a father. Yeah, man. So I'm actually grateful that my dad yeah. is away because my dad's a big warning sign. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see a man, I was at a gym the other day. I was started lifting weights. You can't tell yet, but I'm back in it. You year. look good, man. Like I told you the other yeah, day, bro, you're looking lean better. and shit. Um, and I was, so we, we, we were doing the Romanian deadlift and I looked mm-hmm. up and there's a glass window and outside of it, there's a table and chairs and a guy looks a spit of my dad. If mm-hmm. my dad ever watches this, like I've got no beef against you. Yeah. I appreciate what you yeah. did. And this guy was acting around this kid exactly the same, the short temper, the grumpiness, blah, blah, blah. now I'm sure he's tired and run down and all that sure. stuff. And has he walked off, has he turned off and walked off and you saw in this kid's eyes, like his world had just been shattered. And I, I remember that. Man. I remember that stage. Yeah. And I now, yeah. whenever there's something with my kids, so if I shout at my kids, we fall out and I'm sure. pretty blessed. They're, they're, they're pretty amazing. They are amazing. And they're really well behaved. But occasionally stuff happens. Sure. When I lose my rag, when I shout, when I scream, whatever it is, I always go back later and I'm like, listen, remember, I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry for, you drove me mad because of ABC, but actually I should have done X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay. And I wouldn't be that way if it wasn't for him. Because oh, I would still have the traits because he had them traits. Yeah. And he gave me them traits when I was born, like through the way I've grown up in life. But I'm grateful because the same way he taught me 
And the things I learned from him, whether they were lessons or examples, enabled me to be a better father because now I have both perspectives. And we need that perspective in life to be able to move forward. It's, it's so beautiful, man, because, you know, here's the thing. You know, if my dad watches this, like, here, here's the deal. You know, um, we don't speak, but there's a lot of great shit he did for me too, right? Yeah, I yeah. got to give him credit for that. So he taught me how to work. Um, he taught me how to go after whatever it was. And, um, you know, the one thing that always sticks out to me is uh, he says, you're done when you say you're done. Nobody else has that input. They can't, they can't tell you you're done. And, you know, he, you know, baseball lessons, he was at every game, like love him for that, you know, but the reality is, is he also taught me a lot of other lessons too, um, to where I'm breaking cycles in my own home, yeah. right. To, to make sure I don't perpetuate that same exact thing. I'll give you an example. Cause you just gave an example of how you parent your kids and, and bro, I'm going to tell you right now, you're welcome in this freaking house anytime because my wife would absolutely love you because you have the humility and accountability to show your children. You are human. Yeah. So last night, our three-year-old bro for the, she's been testing our patients for the last month or two. This girl refuses to go to bed before 10, 15, like in and out of the room like delirious, like, and last night I just said, you know what? I'm done. I, I didn't put Spartan kick her. Okay. I took her and gently moved her out of my, I want, I mean, come on. Thought crossed my mind. Like, ah, you know, uh-huh. this is Sparta baby. Get out of here. Listen. But, yeah. Everyone has crazy thoughts. Yeah. Every, different so things, absolutely, right. but you don't act on them. Right. So, no, everyone like, has crazy thoughts. Exactly. Like, them, right? bro, I'm going to Spartan kick your ass. Like get your ass to bed. But like what I did was I just gently kind of moved out of the doorway. I go, I'm locking the door. I'm done. Get to bed. And I closed the door and I locked it. And she went in and she cried. And she hopped on her sister's bed, trying to wake her up. I still got a camera on them. Like get off of your sister's bed right now. Get your butt in the bed. And that's it. She goes, I'm angry. I go, she goes, I sad. I'm like, I'm sorry. You need to go to bed. So this morning, right, um, you know, you talk, me and you, you and I exchanged some voice memos uh, where yeah, I was yeah. on the way to the gym, and then I was on the way home from the gym because, guys, we were super excited about today. We've been geeking out about this for, for months. So I, I got home, and I, I felt really compelled when she came down the, down the stairs, and I was cooking breakfast with them. I said, hey, Mia, come here. I want to talk to you. I got down on one knee, and I held, I held her by her cheeks. I said, I want to apologize to you. Last night, you wouldn't go to bed. And I, and I acted in such a way that you went to bed feeling upset and sad. And I've been really frustrated with you because the last, for a very long time, you've been, you know, doing this and you won't go to sleep. I said, but what I realized this morning, Mia, is that I never want to be that way to you again. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. I made a mistake. I, I can assure I said, I promise you, baby, I will never do that to you again. And I want to be better for you, your sister, and your brother. Will you forgive me? And, dude, the look on her face and just hugged me and held on to me and patted my back. And she goes, I love you so much, Daddy. I was like, I love you too. And I think that, you know, that right there, see, I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have someone coming back and, you know, no, my dad just told me to go and get the slipper. Yeah, I'm gonna go get the bell and whoop your ass. Yeah, you're a man. Don't right, cry. Yeah. 
Don't, don't, don't be a bitch. Like that's, that's what it was like in my house. You know, it's so funny. Cause I'm sitting here thinking like, this is such great conversation. We went from sales to like parenting like but listen, that. It's all but, like, that's life, stuff, man. Though, right. Yeah. Sales is just a product or a service, but we are selling ourselves all day, every day. And we yeah. choose a way to act and we choose the words to use and we choose the intention that we have. Yeah, we man. choose the way we're going to follow up with things. We're going to choose all these things irrelevant if it's an exchange of money or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's fact, man. One more, a couple more questions. I think before yeah, we uh, land the plane here, I could talk to you all day, man, but I know you're a busy dude and you know, I got some more stuff to do today, unfortunately as well. But um, man, you do one thing uh, really, really cool. Not, you do a lot of things really cool. Let me rephrase. One of the things that I love watching on your platform is you, you openly give your community the ammo to overcome objections. Yes. And because I feel objections are not a bad thing. It's actually a buying signal. If you're not, guys, listen, if you're in sales, you're an entrepreneur and you're not getting objections, then you're not doing your job. You yeah. people should be objecting every single thing. That is their right. It is an investment. And it is their money. They're going to invest. If they're not in. objecting, you're not selling the right stuff. You're selling shit. So, so walk me through this. Like, you know, because you know, what is the most common objection that um, you help your clients get through? Here's the thing I'll say with objections. Most people out there are selling plasters, not selling operations. Love it. And if you're not getting objections, you're probably selling plasters. You're selling cheap, quick fixes. Yeah. That they just go, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And that means... A lot of people aren't stopping long enough to even give you objections because they don't care enough. They're just like, if I need plasters, I'll get plasters. Mm -hmm. If people are going to have surgery, they're going to have questions. Mm -hmm. And here's the great thing about objections. When someone gives you an objection, think of it like, it, imagine I go on your map now and we wipe your mind and say, don't know, I don't know where I am. And I go, just look on your map. And it shows your GPS location. Mm -hmm. An objection is, a, a G, is the GPS location of where they are right now. That's the big thing. Mm -hmm. So you think they're here, but their GPS locator tells they're here. Now, if you think, imagine if I think you're in the mountains and you need rescuing, mm -hmm. but you're actually in the desert, the equipment I need to get to save you is very different. Love it, man. Right? Yeah. And the problem is most people will tell you they're in the jungle when actually they're in the desert. And that's not because they're lying to you. No, they don't they know. They don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think it's super important to ask questions and listen. Yeah, people, we're asking people to go outside. Like we said about the city walls earlier. Mm. We're asking people to go out the city walls when all they've heard for all their life is don't go outside the wall. If it looks too good, you'll get eaten by wolves, mm -hmm. right? Don't take risks. Don't go out there. Be happy with what you've got. Settle for what you've got. Why do you need more? That's what the city walls is all about, mm -hmm. right? Let's keep everyone safe. No, we're keeping everyone in control. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So if I say, let's go out the city walls, and you're like, oh, I don't want to go out the city walls. I want to explore, but I'm scared of wolves. That isn't saying I'm not going to go out the city walls. That's you saying, tell me more about the wolf thing. <laughs> yeah, tell me tell me how you can help me. Right. Get over that Are fear. you telling me you've been outside the walls, right? And mm. now, I've, now I have to articulate. If, imagine if I'm a tour guide going outside the city walls. I've heard there's wolves out there. Mm. Okay, cool. So there's a number of ways you can handle that. Listen, don't worry about the wolves. I've got it. Okay, I'm still scared <laughs> about the wolves. But sure. if I trusted you a lot, I might go with that. But I yeah. probably won't. Okay, cool. So here's a three-step process. If a wolf comes near us, first and foremost, they'll eat me first because I'm carrying meat. 
Mm. Right, straight away, that's load the risk. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. All right, cool, so you'll die. That's a great thing. Secondly, we'll press a button and a metal cage will come around you. And then, for, okay, cool, what's happened? You've removed the risk. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if you can remove the risk, the objection isn't now a problem. Yeah. And that's the big thing we've got. And what we have to be able to do is when people give you an objection, you need to articulate the story and the phrase and the conversation in a visual way. Everyone just imagined a cage going around you and you being mm-hmm. safe. Everyone yeah. just imagined the meat in the bag getting attacked, right, by the wolf. Now, if you've got a visualization, that's embedded in your head. I just took a hot poker and we burned that into your soul. So when you think <laughs> about something, when you're thinking of safety and wolves and the city walls, you think of a cage coming around you. That's the problem. Most people don't go down into that type of detail. But yeah, go, listen, don't worry about it. Just trust me. Or they go, I understand exactly how you feel. Many of my most successful clients have felt exactly the same I way. I fucking hate was, that. Feel found right. felt shit. Okay. But here's the thing. Most people out there will do feels like feel felt found. That comes from the original of empathize group and lead. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. psychology is okay. But if I say to you, hey, listen, I get you. And... If I told you that this was the first time I'd heard this, mm-hmm. I'd be absolutely lying. You should hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my clients the other day, and let me explain uh, this to you quickly. Now, what he said to me was, blah, 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 blah. Now, if he was here talking to you now, this is what he'd probably tell you. That's still the same, feel, felt, found. Thank you. But the difference is the tonality, the wording, the pacing, and the volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The script is never the problem. It's the delivery. Everyone's doing the crappy soap opera acting when Mm. what you need to be is Robert De Niro. You might have said it a thousand times, but if they're hearing it for the first time, they need to feel your energy. They need to feel your vibrations. So when people, to go back to the question, when people talk about the objections, they get caught up on the objections. The objection isn't the problem. The way we handle it, Mm -hmm. because we don't know what to say. Because we don't like going against the grain. Because we were all always told, don't touch the oven. Don't climb on this. Johnny, get down from there. So as soon as you get some resistance, most people are, look at COVID. Hmm. probably say the vid. Just Stay in it. your house. Come out an hour a day. Do this and do that and do this. Everyone's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so when someone says, I'm not interested, they go, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got money. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're compliant yeah. on that. And I'm not saying go off and break the rules. But if you're really committed, imagine I'm a surgeon and I say, you say to me, listen, I've got a problem in my leg and I'm like, listen, the fact is we need to operate. Would you like me to explain how that could work? You go, oh my God, I'm, I, don't, I don't want to go, I have an operation. I don't want this mm-hmm. and I don't want that. I go, okay, cool, that's fine. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. But would it make sense for me to at least explain there's two paths we're on now. And if we stay on this path now, in two years time, you're going to be here. Your leg's going to have got two inches short, so you're going to have no weight to be able to go on it, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and you're going to have to get, like, stilted shoes and whatever it's going to yeah. have a funny yeah. smell. Or the flip side, if we find the right way of doing it, you could more than likely get 70% of your original strength back, and this is going to happen, and that's going to happen, and you're still going to feel this, and you'll still feel that. Now, if we were going to explore one of these options, which do you think long-term would be the better option if we could take away all the pain. Right? Yeah. That's exactly the same conversation. As no, you said. Exactly. You're going to buy a car. You're going to buy a house. Yeah. It's about the analogy, but working out because they're going, I don't want to make a decision. But by saying no, you are making it, you are, 
imagine we're on a train going down two paths. When they say no, they're just choosing the path on the left. Mm -hmm. So if, if you don't answer after 10 seconds, we'll just assume it's a no. That yeah. means you're going to go down the path, down the canyon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you say yes, we go here, we go to the cool place. You go on the all-inclusive mm -hmm. holiday. Yeah. Most people is... say that when an objection happens and they say no, they're staying on the same path. No, you're already on a trajectory that you don't like. So it's your job as a sales professional to have the conversation so that they get the result they want, not the lack of pain around making a decision. No, I, I respect that, man. And, and here's the thing that it's the added. Yes, it is. You know, the, the empathy and the psychology of it, this is the same, but you're telling it in a story based way. And that's what people can understand because you're painting yes. that picture for them. And I think it's super, super powerful, but, uh, but, you know, and, and again, um, you know, using real life situations is the most powerful way to do it. 100%. And, and, and I love it, man. And, and again, but I, but I do not like just the standard feel felt found. Like I don't, no, I don't like it. It's not, you're doing it for there's the no substance. Doing it. It's insulting. You're not trying to help them. It's insulting. You're just trying to make a sale. Um, but we got to land the plane, bro. Yeah, man. Um, I don't want to. Thank you for having to. me today. I've enjoyed Dude, it. It's been amazing. It's been absolutely amazing. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, um, cause I want my audience to support you, obviously. Um, it, why don't you go ahead and, and repeat the website that they can go to, to get free access to your 780 videos. Okay, cool. So all you go to is the salesangel.com. Um, you hit the link and then you add the code seven, the number, and then pounds, P-O-U-N-D-S. Mm. That'll give you the whole access. There's none of this upsell when you're in there. You need to get the first full month for seven pounds. You can cancel at any time. Mm -hmm. um, and there's plenty of other stuff that we do. I mean, you can just go to Instagram or wherever, all the other socials to David, the sales angel, where I post two, three times a day, because it's about giving you the right tools for you to move forward in your life. And if we want to get to the next level, you need someone to reach down the cliff and help you up. And that's what we're here to do. Absolutely. And guys, I want you guys to understand something for those that are listening They're They're going to take up David on his gift to my listeners, which I think, and, and thank you for that, by the way, is, um, is, you know, it's $8 and 48 cents American guys, you know, like if you're looking for a place to go, um, and, and get something, um, with a low level investment like that, but get the best advice in all the training videos and, in, in ways to become a better um, professional uh, entrepreneur or salesperson, like dude, it, it, it's the place to go. And guys, here's the other thing I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure that all of that is in the show notes as well as all of his handles um, for social media so that you can go connect with him. I mean, I really want you guys to do that. Um, that's the only thing I want you guys to do other than share this show, right? Let's get this message out. People need to hear it. So if you liked what we had to say, you, you, you got something out of it. If it made you laugh, if it made you feel like, Hmm, maybe I can handle my children better. Share the show, tag us on the social media platforms, and we will add it to our stories as well. I'd appreciate it. I know my boy, David would, uh, one last question, Dave, how can I best support you? I think you have, I think you've done everything. What I will say is this, there will be a point where this video is played where me and you are both speaking on large international stage in front of mm. thousands of people. Together, by the way. Together. And we'll both be having this conversation and this clip will now be shown to thousands of people mm. as the one of the first points when that idea actually came around. And I appreciate you and thank you for having me on today. Hey, 
Chills, bro. That is amazing. I can't wait for that. We'll make that happen. We know the right people to it make will. that happen. This will be shown on stage, right? So um, we'll get that done um, sooner than later. Hey, let's do this. Um, let's put let's put it out there. Let's make ourselves accountable. Um, 12 months from now, it has to happen, at least by 12 months. I'm planning it. I'm planning to get out to the States in the space for the next 12 months. So we'll work Okay, cool. That. Then we'll make it happen. Um, but dude, thank you again, brother. Um, I appreciate having you on. And uh, I think my audience is going to get a lot out of today's conversation and uh man we'll have to do a sequel soon so i appreciate you buddy appreciate it take care guys all right my man peace